episode of Unconventional Engineering is powered by Twinify, the digital twin solution built to unlock the value of your data. Well, welcome to another episode of ASME's podcast, Unconventional Engineering. I'm Tom Costabile, ASME's Executive Director and CEO. And joining me today is my co-host, Karen Russo, ASME's Director of Executive Operations and Strategic Communications. So, Karen, you've produced a pile of these, but we never thought about doing one together. Great idea. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tom. First, we have a really exciting podcast today. And if I were to ask you, what do magic, science, and obstacle course racing all have in common, what do you think your response would be? Well, you know, magic is based on science. I look at one of my favorite uh, gentlemen to watch, David Copperfeld. All of those illusions are really all based on science and engineering. And and then the obstacle course, I would consider that being life. So how do you go through life or an obstacle course without a little bit of science behind it? And then a lot of, lot of magic. So I think of the my favorite obstacle courses in the cornfields. Why don't you crawl between the corn to get to the other side? So, Well, that was a great guess. And I'm referring to today, our guest, Jay Flores. And not only he's known throughout engineering circles for his fun scientific experiments, but he's also competed on the nationally syndicated television program on NBC called American Ninja Warriors. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. I'm excited to talk science, magic, engineering, obstacles, a little bit of everything. Thanks for having me. That's great. So, Jay, you know, I was impressed with your um, with your background when we first met. We had the opportunity to catch up. I love it that you're a mechanical engineer, and we appreciate you joining us for a few minutes today to, to go through this. But before we get into your work in STEM, how did the American Ninja Warrior opportunity come about? In high school, I was involved with track and cross country, uh, so I was a runner. And I wasn't fast enough to run at the University of Wisconsin, but I knew it was a better decision to choose the better engineering school versus the school I could run at. So I made the right decision there and decided to pursue my degree in mechanical engineering, but I still had that itch for competition. And eventually I got introduced into uh, obstacle course racing like mud runs. So they're uh, usually a 5k distance with some mud and some obstacles. And that got me kind of like even more excited because I missed the running, but this added a whole new dynamic that I needed to grow and build strength in. The obstacles were very challenging for me at first. I remember my first rope climb was really hard. I was good at the running, but I, I couldn't quite get all the obstacles down. So I started uh, figuring out how to train more. And I was with my little cousin and this show uh, came on, American Ninja Warrior. And uh, it seemed like something that I should start training for. And eventually they came down to Florida and they were filming. I was not far away. So I drove down to see if I could be one of the walk-ons. They already had too many people interested. So I, I, I was able to just watch that night. The next year I was like, all right, I'm going to go in. I'm going to camp out in the, in the park and I'm going to stay uh, overnight. And I'm going to be one of the first. When I got there the day before, there was already 50 people in line. And that just set off this um, 10-year journey to finally get the opportunity to be on the show. Uh, a wide variety of walk-on attempts, actual applications that I got rejected on. Um, they had a lottery system at one year that I also didn't win, but a wide variety of ways uh, and taught me a lot about perseverance. And I think engineering school helped me learn the things I needed in order to persevere those 10 years. Great response. I love your enthusiasm. And again, running is a, is a great pastime. 
So Jay, what made you go into engineering? What made you want to go into school and and study engineering? I didn't really know much about what engineering was. My father has a a technical background via military service, so he didn't go to college. I was the first male in my and the Flores side of the family to go to college. My mother's side of the family did have significant uh, education post high school, but it was no one was an engineer, so I didn't really understand what it was. But I knew I liked my math and science classes more than other classes, even though they were the ones I struggled in the most, I felt like I got the most enjoyment and challenge out of it. Even though other subjects came more easily to me, things like history, uh, I always did very well in, but it wasn't as fun to me as like a lab or doing things hands-on. And I, I think I got that from my father, but from my mother's side, who's an elementary school psychologist, I got this kind of passion for helping people. And eventually I started to learn more that engineering is just kind of that combination of using your problem solving skills to help create solutions that help people, right? It's just problem solving and you get to decide what types of problems you want to solve. So once I kind of connected those dots, I started looking and I did some summer programs and I would check the box for which careers I was interested in. I just started checking engineering and teachers had a big role in that too. So Jay, before we discuss your more recent entrepreneurial pursuits, could you walk us through your college and early career journey and specifically talk a little bit more about your time at Rockwell Automation as a STEM ambassador and the 2017 TEDx talk, why everyone is an engineer? Absolutely. I had a wonderful opportunity to attend the University of Wisconsin-Madison and pursue a degree in mechanical engineering. It was through some summer camps that I did there that Rockwell Automation actually funded that really helped me decide I wanted to become an engineer and that I should pursue that path. So in kind of a stars aligning moment, I pursued my degree in mechanical engineering. I had a couple internships with Rockwell Automation as well as with a couple other companies. Uh, and ultimately ended up choosing Rockwell because of their mentoring culture. And I felt like it was a place where when I was interviewing, I got questions about how I wanted to grow my career versus just what can you do for us now? And I I felt like that was going to be a place where I could advance and grow in areas that I was very excited about. And during that time, I was very passionate about doing outreach into the community because that's how I got there because of Rockwell's outreach programs and other outreach programs that helped me really bridge the gap between my background and what I knew and what I needed to do in order to pursue a degree in engineering where, you know, my parents helped me get to that high school diploma and got me everything I needed there. These outreach programs helped me make sure that I was in a good position, not only to pursue engineering, but to be able to persist and do well. And so when I got to Rockwell, right away, I was uh, volunteering with different organizations. I was getting involved in all kinds of STEM outreach, including the TEDx talk that I delivered, which ended up getting viewed by one of our vice presidents. And we were at the first world championship at the robotics event world championship. And she said something along the lines of, you're like our STEM ambassador. And we both paused for a moment there and we were kind of like, that should be a thing. So we left that championship with the the task of creating a new role, which was eventually called Global STEM Ambassador. This is a full-time STEM role, and it was separate from what most companies have in their CSR department. You know, there's definitely a lot of organizations out there that do STEM outreach as part of their philanthropic uh, funding, but this role was very specific to strategy 
And how do we make sure that students are seeing the real life applications of what they're learning in robotics to what that means like in real industry? So this robot that you're using, even at the younger ages, the students are using ultrasonic sensors on Lego robots, right? A little Lego version of what you might see on an actual manufacturing line. So part of my role at Rockwell was to help draw those connections. So the child using a Lego robot with a, a little Lego ultrasonic sensor could understand that in 5, 10, 15 years, you could use a real industrial uh, ultrasonic sensor to you know do other tasks around things that you're excited about. Uh, also helped build out our internship programs to make sure that first students were aware of those things and could start even in high school, uh, just drawing better connections to our STEM funding and philanthropic dollars to the talent side of the organization, uh, as well as some global aspects to it. So making sure that our investments in FIRST weren't just at headquarters and in the States, but that it reached uh, globally and that it, students and employees around the world had opportunities to participate in these uh, organizations. So I got to go to robotics events in Brazil and Australia and Singapore and India and just really opened my eyes to all the cool opportunities, but also the varying levels of challenges in different parts of the world that are required in order for students you know, to pursue these careers and the different types of problems that they're going to have to solve. So it it really was a dream role. I got to do so many cool things. So the fact that I went off and left my dream job towards the end of the pandemic might sound a little crazy, but it it was to be able to continue that and start my dream business in Benchie. So when did you start bridging the relationship between entertainment and actual engineering? And how did you start celebrating that and sharing it? I'm very connected to the organization first, the robotics organization. They start with first level league and move up. They have programs from four, uh, four years old all the way up to high school. And uh, one of their biggest supporters, Dr. Woody Flowers, had this quote that said, society gets the best of what it celebrates. And that just really stuck with me. And I started to think, what does our society celebrate? And what do kids want to be when they grow up? And I thought, I'm I'm from Wisconsin. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. You know, I started thinking of of football and and the Milwaukee Bucks are really good now too. I started thinking about basketball and movies and TV shows. And these are the things that I found that are often celebrated by our society. And there was this company that did a commercial. They they must have spent millions and millions of dollars on this because they had LeBron James, they had Drew Brees, they had Serena Williams, and they had all these professional athletes saying, the world doesn't need any more of us. The world doesn't need another LeBron James. The world doesn't need any more Serena Williams. They need computer scientists, right? And so that sounded good on the surface, but if you're telling a child that has never heard of computer science or mechanical engineering or chemical engineering that, no, you shouldn't follow your dream. You should do this other thing that you've never heard of before. You're, you're not going to convince or inspire anyone. So I thought, well, instead of fighting the things that our society celebrates, why don't I find the science and the engineering behind those things? So I started looking for examples of science in, in sports. Like I interviewed uh, one of the analytics uh, executives from the Detroit Pistons. Um, I talked to Olympians about their training and their equipment. And I started finding all these fun examples of really next level science that we don't see when we're watching the games because we're more focused on the game than we are the technology. But the more and more I talk to students about it, the more I saw that spark and that excitement and how do we create new things to make these sports that I love better. 
And then as I branched off from that, you know, I used my Ninja Warrior examples and continued to find others. But then I looked into other areas of stunt work for movies. There's tons of engineering and science that goes into that. And what I realized was that no matter what a child is passionate about, they can tell me anything. I can find some science and engineering behind it. And so if I can connect that that passion that they have, right, the thing that drives them, that they would do every day for free, kind of that cliche that do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. If I can find that, but then attach some science and engineering to it, that's where they're going to become game changers. That's where they're going to want to go deep into the math and science because now I have a really strong reason. Because when I was growing up, I was always the kid, even though I, I did well in math, I was always the one that said, hey, teacher, why would I ever need to use this again in my life? <laughs> and I, I asked that multiple times, never really got a great answer, but now I can help share those answers because I understand the connection between what you're passionate about. Science and engineering is going to take that to allow you to have a great career, allow you to have more impact on the world, and then do the thing that you love. Awesome. So uh, Jay, you also serve as a mystery science guide for the discovery education. What does that entail? This is one of my favorite roles. Uh, this is something I wish I had as a child. So at Mystery Science, we answer questions that K to fifth graders are curious about. I've done everything from how is ice cream made to how do they make imaginary characters in movies look real? Uh, why don't we fall out of roller coasters when they go upside down? They're just these really fun, curious questions that kids have. But we answer it in a way and with visuals that are geared towards that age group, because that child could ask Alexa or could ask, a, you know, they could Google it, but they're not going to get an answer that is designed for a second grader or a fifth grader or a kindergarten. So I get this opportunity to kind of go back to elementary school again, explore the science behind the questions they have and provide it for them in a really fun way that's going to inspire uh, them to to continue that curious mind that I was mentioning earlier that I had when, when I was a child, to be able to keep asking questions and exploring, and to also help parents and adults. And so it, it's just so much fun. And it's actually one of the things I get recognized for the most, because we reach millions of people on YouTube, but also we're in tens of thousands of classrooms across the country. So I'll be at the airport and I'll get stopped by teachers, or one time we were um, grabbing some ice cream in Maine for my wife's birthday, and a, a, a a parent actually came up on behalf of their child who was a little bit too nervous to ask if I was Jay from Mystery Science. But uh, it's great to have those connections and to be, I mean, it's cool to be recognized for Ninja Warrior or other things I do, but when it's for something that I know is really good for the kids to be inspired by science and and to view me as someone special that teaches them things, it's priceless. So let's shift gears a bit. And you know, oftentimes when speaking with others in engineering, and other recurring topics in the current state of STEM education and the need to appeal to our youth to consider a career in STEM. That's a lot. This seems to be the basis for your company, Invent the Change. So what can you tell us about why you decided to forge out on your own? It was in a weird time. So it was towards kind of middle end of the pandemic. So it does not sound like a good time to go off and start your own business, especially when I had my dream job at Rockwell Automation where I was their global STEM ambassador doing things that I didn't even think I could ever do and be paid for, right? At that point, though, I realized that kids across the world were not going to have the access to the hands-on experiences that I think are so important to inspire next 
generation of engineers, right? They weren't going to have an engineer from a Boeing or a John Deere or whatever company is in their, in their backyard coming in and, and showing them the cool things they do. They weren't going to be doing plant tours. It was going to be really difficult time for math and science virtually. And so I had to think, what do I have around me easily accessible that I could use to inspire other students? Originally, I was going to write a book, but I'm not very good at putting words down on paper. And so that became a failure immediately, (laughs) but it ended up turning into the best thing I've done so far, which was, I was like, okay, well, I can do video and TikTok is really on fire right now. And that's where all the youth are. And no matter how many Zoom meetings they have for school, they're still going to go to their phone afterwards and check out, scroll through TikTok and Instagram. I think I've got some experiments I can do in my kitchen that might look pretty cool. And I kind of took all those things together and that's what ended up becoming It's Not Magic, It's Science, which were at-home science experiments that appear to be magic tricks, that are disguised as magic tricks. So again, I wanted to reach the kids that weren't looking for this already. I wanted to reach the parents that weren't already ordering all of the science kits for their kids. I wanted someone scrolling randomly through TikTok or Instagram to see this trick and be like, wow, that's really cool. How did he do that? So the first video is just the trick. I hint that this isn't magic and science at the beginning. So hopefully you'll want to learn more about how it actually works. And then since I'm a scientist and not a magician, I can actually tell you the science and engineering behind the trick. So I'm not holding anything away from anyone to be able to do this. So in my second video, I would then showcase, here's the science behind the magic. This is how we did it. And then that will encourage students to then go into their kitchen, grab the materials, maybe the baking soda, the vinegar, depending on what experiment I was doing that day, but things that they either had already at home or they could order for very low cost on Amazon or Walmart.com or whatever way they get things. My, my actually, the experiment I did this year for American Ninja Warrior, so primetime television spot, everything except for one item I got from the dollar store. So that's the kind of level of, you know, TV level excitement experiment, but I'm trying to make sure I'm designing it with equity in mind from the beginning. So the most amount of kids possible can, can be exposed to it. And then finally, the last video is the exploration video. So how do we take the science that we learn and bring that to real life? And that's what makes them a future engineer, future scientist, right? Because now they're taking the science that they learned and they're coming up with solutions to problems that they care about. They're not just watching me on TikTok now aimlessly. Now they're actually going, they're trying the experiment. They're doing it at home with their friends and their family. Because once you learn a trick, you don't keep that to yourself. You want to share it with everybody else, right? So they're, they're you know, surprising mom and dad and grandma and friends. And then you know they're doing it. And then finally, they're coming up with solutions solutions that kind of connect to problems that they care about or to the environment that they live in. And that's what's going to take them down that path. And if they keep that curiosity going, they keep experimenting and exploring and finding out how cool things work, I think they have a much higher probability of pursuing a degree in STEM. And even if they don't, they'll at least be a little bit more curious. They'll have better critical thinking skills uh, to apply to whatever career they choose to, to pursue. But how do you recharge? You know, how do you, what do you do to keep Jay current and, and what do you do to just kick back and relax? Any hobbies? It sounds weird, but for me, it's exercise. Honestly, it's, it sounds like extra work, but it's what helps my brain kind of just forget about things and just focus on working a different side of my mind and my body, but also just traveling. So we will take breaks uh, where I'll let go of work and 
my wife and I love to travel. And now with our, our son, we, we're taking him places that he's never been before. And that just allows me to learn, but without have to, having to be performing, if that makes sense, right? I can continue to enjoy the things I like about engineering and science, but do it as a spectator instead of as as the face to the show. And, and so we try to go to museums or historical sites. And I'm always looking, even when we went to Disney World, like I'm always looking for the engineering behind the roller coasters. And I'm looking for, you know, Rockwell Automation products in there as my former employer. That kind of it's something that it never turns off completely, I guess, but allows me to be a little bit more relaxed and, and be more of that curious kid again. And yeah, those are the main ones, I guess, just traveling, exploring new places and and my uh, my workouts. Oh, I agree with you. <clears throat> By the way, have you ever heard of anybody sitting on the sofa getting hurt? You go to a gym, you're going to hurt yourself. So you got to be careful, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with Ninja Warrior. <laughs> we got a lot of mats all around the gym. <laughs> Well, again, thanks for the conversation. Jay, where can our listeners find you? Easiest place is to go to jfloresinspires.com. If you scroll down, you're going to find all of my social media. Uh, There's a contact form in there as well if you want to get in touch more formally. But if you are just going to go to Instagram or TikTok, it's at jfloresinspires. So my full name, J-A-Y-F-L-O-R-E-S, inspires. And then the mystery science videos, you can find those on YouTube. All of our mini lessons are on YouTube. And on my YouTube channel, if you just look up my name, Jay Flores, you can also find a playlist of all the ones that I specifically have filmed, as well as a playlist with all of the, it's not magic, it's, it's science experiments. So there's a wide variety of ways just to, but the easiest is to go to jfloresinspires.com and you'll be able to find links to all of it there. Great. Again, thanks for joining. Uh, And if anyone out there would like to suggest a topic, guest, or share some commentary on the stories we cover, be sure to reach out to Unconventional Engineering Production Team or email us directly at media at asme.org. And if you're interested in becoming an ASME member, log on to asme.org or consider donating to the ASME Foundation at asmefoundation.org. Until next time. (laughs) 